Hi, everybody. Welcome to Random Thoughts with Lady V. I'm your host, Lady V. And today, on this week's episode, we have Stephen Michael. Hi, Stephen. Hey, hey. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm great. I'm great. So what have you been doing with yourself? Um, Out here in these streets trying to stay coronavirus free. (laughs) I know that's right. I know that's right. Stephen, out in these streets, the word in the street is so that you do artist development and tour manager. Is that true? Uh, that is true. Um, I am um, one eighth of a production company slash um, artist development um, entrepreneurship. Uh, we are called Crew. Uh, Crew stands for Creating Results Everyone Wins. Um, and it comprises of uh, producers, um, producers you you know you may know, you may not know, um, artist developers. Um, we also have uh, an individual in the group who is a curator, uh, someone who's kind of been through the gambits of the record industry. Uh, he first got his note of fame by being on. Uh, Puffy's or MTV's uh, making the band. Mm. Uh, he was a part of the uh, the episode, or he was on that season. That um, what was the name of that group that was formed? Now I'm drawing a blank. Oh my goodness! With Babs and Ness and them? No, no. Aaron. Before, after, after Babs and Ness, it was the, it was the new quote unquote the new new edition of oh. the 2000s. I don't even know. I stopped watching after that. When he made that poor, the, the walk all the way to New York for, to Cheesecake, I was done. I was like, I'm done with that show. Hey, you know, that's, it, it built it, it built character. It so, definitely built character. He was being a jerk off. That's all. <laughs> nah, he said, listen, if you, knew this, if you knew the stories of Sean Combs in his days as an intern at Uptown Records, what he made those guys do was a walk in the park. Mm. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah. So yeah, the, the record industry is is unforgiving sometimes. Uh, but needless to say, um, you know, uh, this this conglomeracy uh, of a of a group that we have, uh, we've been able to curate uh, some groups throughout the city. Uh, we um, had a uh, a hand in developing and getting uh, Philly's own good girl signed uh to rca records uh good girl is a uh female group out of philadelphia Mm -hmm. four young ladies um you know we helped uh kind of develop and and bring to light uh, a female a a male group out of philadelphia called imprint um we also helped to develop and to you know curate young lady by the name of brie steves who is a a female hip-hop artist out of philadelphia um, all three of those acts um, were uh, kind of passed on to a more of a, a more seasoned um, production company called Star Island Music Group. Um, they had a, a, a lot more leverage in the in the game, um, but they were our teachers. So we kind of took those individuals to one level. Uh, they they kind of picked up where we left off um, and groomed those artists to be able to get. Um, to the next level that they're at now. 
So what Crew is um, designed to do now at this point is for us to be able to kind of do what our mentors did for us, um, for us to be able to now take these artists to the next level, to put them in front of tastemakers, to put them in front of record execs um, and top-notch producers for us to be able to get these artists to the next level. So oh, that's what Crew does. That's awesome. That is so awesome. So, like, is that something that you, like, say, like, a kid can say, oh, I want to grow up and be like Steve and Michael. How do I, how would I do that if I wanted to be like you when I want to grow up? So, for me, um, it started with my love of music. Um, I've been singing since I was five years old. Oh, wow. um, I didn't take music seriously until I got into high school. Mm-hmm. Um uh, once I got into high school, um, I went to Overbrook High School. And at the time, in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, Overbrook um, had a very strong um, arts and uh, music magnet program. Um, some of your you know, top-notch Philly artists came out of Overbrook High School. Uh, Fatine Danzler from Kendrick the Family Soul, he mm-hmm. went to Overbrook High School. Love them. Um, there is a, a very, very talented uh, drummer uh, who was uh, Janet Jackson's uh, Velvet Rope, uh, as well as her, well, he was her drummer for probably 15, 20 years. His name is uh, Little John Roberts. He's from Philadelphia. Um, a lot of people, a fun fact that people don't know, um, Malik Rose, who played for the San Antonio Spurs, who won uh, two championships with the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Malik Rose was actually a music major in Overbrook High School. He How played the tuba. Ah, right. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, he played the tuba. Um, <laughs> so, yes. So even though a lot of people say, you know, uh, uh, you know, Wilt Chamberlain, Will Smith went to Overbrook, those, uh, there, there's a lot of hidden gems and a lot of hidden talents that, that came out of Overbrook High School. So, uh, for myself, you know, I, I learned the, the, the theory of music. I, I sang on the concert choir, gospel choir, as well as the concert band um, at Overbrook High School. So from there, you know, I, I followed pretty much every kid's dream in the 90s when, you know, Drew Hill, Boys the Men and Jodeci were out. Uh-huh. We wanted to, you know, we wanted to be the, we wanted to be that next group. Yeah. We wanted to be the new As Yet or the new Boys yeah. the Men. So, you know, we went through our journey, went through our journeys, went through the ups and downs. Um, I sat in on many executive meetings. Um, I, I met Sylvia Rohn several times, uh, who at that time was a, a record uh, artist uh, representative for Electra Records back in the day. Uh, Electra Records is the first um, label that Silk was signed to. Mm-hmm. So had, had a lot of um, experiences in the industry. Um, a lot of failed experiences. Um, went to college, um, met Shy when I went to college because I went to Howard University. Okay. Um, so I saw their, you know, um, their rise to stardom. Um, another local fan favorite um, on the kind of neo soul circuit is Eric Robeson. Uh, I went to Howard the same time he went to school. Um, I, I remember all of these artists, you know, when they were just, you know, trying to make it. Uh-huh. Um, I, I I didn't have the same gumption that, that they did. I kind of wanted the the quick fix, so I didn't put in all the work right. like I should have. So I took a little break from music. Um, went, I graduated college, and kind of got a, a regular nine to five. Okay. Um, however, 
running into some friends from from school uh they said hey you know we're starting this group we could really use you um so i went ahead and embarked back into another music group uh did some you know some recording some performing uh some performances and long and behold my good friend uh talib johnson uh which most people know him as music soul child mm-hmm. uh he had just um landed a record deal with uh deaf soul deaf jam records okay. um and his single had came out on the nutty professor uh two soundtrack just friends um and you know i remember music when he was you know washing dishes at burger king in the gallery mall Shut uh up. when you're he... lying no not lying not at all <laughs> uh when he would you know sing on the corner with the square roots which is now the roots mm-hmm. so I remember those days and we all thought that he was just this weirdo who was just musically talented but didn't yeah. really have, you know, uh, uh the the it factor to get a record deal. Mm-hmm. Got a record deal, he took off. Yeah. Um about 6 months later, uh he was holding auditions at check this out, at Brave New World. Oh my That's god. He was holding auditions at. <laughs> yes. So I went down to Brave New World, stood in line, and auditioned to be his background singer. A um, couple days went by. Uh, at the time, I was working at First Union Bank as a financial uh, specialist, <laughs> and um, I was at—I was on a date, and we were at Cirque du Soleil. Um, this is when Cirque du Soleil was like, you know, traveling to different city. They would like do the old school circus, like get a, a lot and put up the tents and do the show. Mm-hmm. So it was at Cirque du Soleil on Broad Washington and we were at the show and I got a phone call on my Nextel truck <laughs> phone. <laughs> and uh, the voice of the other end said, hey, um, just wanted to call you to let you know that um, you've been chosen to be one of the background singers for, for Music Soul Child. And you know, we need you to report for all the, uh, for rehearsals uh, tomorrow oh, at nine o'clock in the morning. Wow. So that was, you know, that was history. So I, I went on the road, you know, learned the, the ins and outs, the nuances, um, full transparency. I did not know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost got kicked off of the tour several times because I didn't know how to keep my mouth shut because uh, I thought I knew everything. Absolutely. Oh. I, I learned a lot. How old were you when Martha. you went when you went out? There, so I was uh, twenty six years old. Oh come on, Stephen, you should yeah yeah, and you're a Capricorn too, right? Aren't you a Capricorn? Yes, I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> yeah, you guys know everything. <laughs> yeah, we know everything. <laughs> but that's crazy. But so you had some little life lessons learned, huh? A- absolutely, absolutely. Um, so that journey led me to uh, other background singing gigs. Um, was able to sing background for uh, for Bilal uh, for a couple of months um, when he would do spot dates. Um, also had the privilege of singing background for uh, Glenn Jones uh, for a couple of months. Nice. So yeah, so the, the the background singing gig was was cool for me. I didn't really need to you know be an artist or be you know in the forefront because I felt as though I was still getting the the exposure to the industry mm-hmm. i was still in the audience i was still on stage but all eyes weren't on me right um, and the pay was pretty good so pretty i was able good? To, 
<laughs> was able to travel the world and mm-hmm. still be able to, you know, be in the background and and still have that sense of because the the audience recognizes the background singers, oh, especially absolutely. you know if they're good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the team that I was always with, we were good. So uh, I did that for about five or six years. Um, then I I shifted. I got into um, stage production. So what happened was a good friend of mine, his name is Lynn Brown. Mm-hmm. He was road he was road managing uh, Blackstreet. Oh. And this was around the time when um, can't remember what year this was, but there was some war happening, and so the the troops were out and about. And there was a really big USO tour going on where all these artists were going to different military bases and entertaining the troops. Mm -hmm. So Blackstreet and Heather Henley were on this one particular bill. Um, Yes. So um, my friend Lynn Brown, who was uh, road managing Blackstreet, said, hey, um, I need some stage production assistance. Would you be willing to come down to Virginia Beach and go out on this tour? So I said, sure. Um, so I went down to Virginia Beach, um, went to you know Future Studios where Teddy um, and the guys were, mm-hmm. um, and I learned the arts of behind the scenes of you know stage production. And what's um, that like? So stage production is it's really it's 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 glorified roadie work, um, which you only you're responsible for you know everything before the artist comes out on that stage. Um, you go down sometimes days before the artist comes on board to um, set the stage up, mm-hmm. make sure all of the equipment, the the instruments are all set up correctly. Um, just making sure you, you're pre-planning. It's almost like uh, pre-op surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the people that go in and just prepare the entire OR room before right. the surgeons come in to operate. That's good. Um, so it's, it's not very thankful work it's thankless work mm-hmm. um but you really get a chance to kind of learn from behind the scenes um what it takes to run um a smooth ship a really good logistical um what's the word i'm looking for logistical mapping um knowing you know stage plots knowing what goes where and you know uh, marking things on the stage it was it was cool um it, it wasn't fanfare-ish because, you know, like background singing where, you know, the <laughs> chicks would actually notice you. <laughs> no, you're, you know, you're, it's, it's, it's grunt work. It's grunt work. Yeah. But it, it, it grew me to the next level because uh-huh. at that point, then I learned how to actually go to the next step, which was tour managing, road managing, uh-huh. um, mapping out the cities, calling the hotels, making sure that all of the rooms are correct. Um, talking to the concert promoters, making sure that the dressing rooms are correct, making sure that all of the items that are requested by the artists, whether it's, you know, material instrumentation wise or even food wise for the green room. A lot of people, you know, hear of artists and their artist writers um, as far as what they want in room. Uh-huh. And it's true. There's some really artists that, that only. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some artists only want red Skittles. Some artists only want, you know, uh, Perrier water. Some okay. artists only want, you know, a certain type of water. When I was on tour with Music Soul Child, um, he did not want Dasani water in any of his dressing rooms. Okay. Right. Okay. And I found out why. 
Dasani water actually has a little bit of sodium in it. And sodium, you know, it's not really good for you when it comes down to singing and vocals. Right. So he, you know, that was one of his main requests in um, his dressing rooms. So, yeah. So I, I learned all of those nuances um, in regards to the behind the scenes. And fast forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is this? 2020. What? So 2000, yeah, 2021. So 2009 going into 2010. Uh-huh. Um I had started to get into the um, kind of like concert promotion and not really bringing in artists, but just more or less so bringing the old school vibe of the 90s back into the forefront. Okay. So what I was doing was I was actually taking, you know, that good 90s music and just recreating it on the stage with different local Philly artists. So... um, there was a venue on South Street. I think it's called Dobbs. I don't know if it's around any longer. Um, but this promoter, he was trying to bring some of that nostalgia back. And he uh, booked Selena Johnson and Jaguar Wright um, at this venue. Uh-huh. Jaguar Wright was the host. And Selena Johnson was kind of like the um, the headliner. Okay. Um, so she was just kind of getting back into the industry after a long hiatus. And she didn't really have a lot of a big budget. Right. So what she uh, decided to do was she decided to hire a local band to learn her material. She would come in a couple of hours before showtime, go over with the band and she would perform with the band in the city. So that way she wouldn't have to worry about flying people in and you yeah, know putting them sense. up in a hotel. Yeah, Worked out really well. So someone reached out to me and said, hey, Selena Johnson's looking for some local background singers. Um, my, my partner that I work with now, his name is uh, Range. He's a, a, a really great artist, developer, and vocal producer. Mm-hmm. Um, he reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I, I got the, the perfect combination. So we, we learned the songs, we rehearsed, met Selena Johnson and her sister mm-hmm. um, at the venue. We did a great show um, after the show. Um, I talked with Selena's sister and told her what, you know, what I was doing as far as putting shows together. And I had a good um, relationship with one of the bigger venues in the city, which is uh, World Cafe Live down in um, University City. Okay. Um, so her and I, we, we got together and we planned on another show, a bigger show um, for Selena to come back and uh, perform. Nice. So she came to perform at World Cafe Live. Um, it was snowing that day, mm-hmm. but the show was still sold out. Awesome. Um, still showed, sold the show out. Went back to the hotel, sat in the lobby, talked, and she said, Stephen, I need a tour manager. Um, would you be interested? Now, mind you, this was only my second time meeting her. Right. Um, she didn't know me from a can of paint. You made a good impression made a great impression and her first uh show that she needed someone to tour manage for uh was out in uh it was at notre dame and she was i think it was for their homecoming and their uh the african-american student body wanted to bring her and jagged edge to do a concert oh so oh i had a good into that one yeah went out there um, you know, my, it was my first time on the road and nailed it. 
uh, met her. She's a very, she, her family, she's really close knit with her family. And they also are really involved in her, you know, music career. I was going to ask you, is her sister her manager? Yeah, her sister is her manager. So they, you know, they, they kind of take on the world together, yeah. oh. you know, as, you know, black women in black women in the music business and it's it really you know that's their niche so from 2010 up until now currently i'm i I still am her tour manager um i've done three tours with selena johnson um and the rest is as they say it's it's history i've met a lot of individuals on the way uh really big um, learning curves in regards to sometimes, you know, you don't really have the, oppor- the 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 wiggle room to make too many mistakes. Right. So when you do make them, you have to correct them pretty quickly mm-hmm. and be able to, you know, move on. Um, What's the biggest mistake to- you made? So the biggest mistake that I made was on tour, we were going from what city were we in? Because it was go- we were going down south. Um, I think we were going from D.C. to or Maryland. It might have been even Philly, but we were driving to Richmond, and we had a time. We were on a time schedule, and we had to be at the radio station by a certain time. And this is, you know, when radio stations still were doing a lot of promoing uh-huh. for a show. Right. So we needed to get there. Um, and I'm, I'm a Capricorn, so I'm very time orientated. Right. Uh, I like to, I like to be on time. I like to keep a schedule and being a tour manager, schedules are very, very important. Oh, that's too However, <laughs> I, you know, I also have to, you know, keep in mind uh, the, the temperament of an artist and artists don't always have a good concept of time but, or they have a concept of time, but they don't care because it, and it was within their right because it's about them. It's definitely about them. Um, So my biggest mistake that I made was we were on the road and uh, Selena said, hey, I'm hungry. And I was like, we gotta get to this station. And if we stop for food, it's going to throw us off. And I was just kind of like trying to not ignore her, but trying to just more or less get her to see like, hey, we gotta get there on time. Right. No, she, she called me out, just like, you know, this is not about you. This is not about the radio station. It's about me. And if the artist says that they need to eat, they're hungry, then you need to pull over and you need to make sure that we eat. She probably um, going to be like the lady on a Snickers commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. She definitely became hangry. Um, it was definitely a hangry moment. Um, and like she, whew, she... To this day, she does not let me live that down. Mm-hmm. She does not let me live that down. Um, so yeah, that was probably one of my bigger, bigger mistakes um, in the you know in my ten years with her. But love me, you know, love her to death. We are, you know, that's 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 my sister. We are definitely family. Nice, nice. So next time when you go on tour, if you need somebody to carry your bags, I'm more than willing to carry that bag for you. I don't care how heavy it is. I will drag it. I will go. I just want to look at her and be like, oh, I love you. You're so wonderful. 
And it's it's crazy because she was just in Philly right before the pandemic hit. She was uh, she did a show at the City Winery, mm-hmm. um, n- you know, next to the old gallery. Yeah. Um, she, she did two shows. It was a great show. Yeah. It was sold out. Mm-mm-mm. Today I gotta be more. Yeah, I don't even go out that much anymore. Like you said, because of the pandemic, and I think even then, well, I don't even know. You know, it was... no, this was before the pandemic. Oh, so this oh. was before. This was in January. Oh, this was January, two thousand and twenty. Oh wow, yeah, I missed. She did, yeah. You, you definitely missed a great show. I sure did. Oh well, hopefully she'll come definitely back again. Absolutely. So you know, when the world opens back up again, I'm quite sure we will definitely be having some shows on the books and I will make sure <laughs> that you get an invitation there, young lady. Thank you. I appreciate that. That is so awesome. You, oh, wow. So, oh my gosh, you had so many, it's like you had so many good stories, but I'm like, oh, I can't believe it. So wait, I just want to ask you one thing. So who was the sure. jerkiest person that you met? You don't have to say their name, but just kind of like, you got a jerk. Ooh. So, um, there was a, a young lady that I completely, I've never been starstruck before, mm-hmm. but this person, like I was completely starstruck with, um, and never in a million years would I have thought that I would have met her. Mm-hmm. Um, however, she was friends with um, a friend of mine's. Uh, so how it worked is that a friend of mine who's a producer he um, had a child with this uh, with another celebrity. Okay. And these two celebrities were friends. So we went out to LA um, to the baby shower and it was at the celebrity's house. Uh-huh. And when she opened the door, I mean, it was just ghetto five. Uh-huh. And coming into the house, it was, it was definitely not what I expected from, of course, the screen. And I should have been too surprised because how you know they're an actor they're they're someone who portrays something else right so when they're on the screen they're not going to be the same as in person right but this person was just like total complete opposite of what i expected and she was a, i mean uh-uh you went out oh no i, oh, no. I had no my Did phone you? is on do not disturb i don't even know how that happened Oh, see, God didn't want you talking about her. That is crazy. My phone is definitely on Do Not Disturb. I don't know how that happened. I was like, what? Right. Oh yep. yeah, I was that's, like, that's no, probably stop. Because I oh. probably was about to, to, oh. to like, uh, say, say that person's name. Say so, something. The Lord oh. works in mysterious ways. Ooh, that was... Right. Oh, my God. All right. Well, you're not gonna believe it, but that really? song, that's almost our half hour. Wow, that went by fast. Yes, <laughs> it always does. So, Stephen, Michael, do you have any social media outlets that um, you would like for us so to tune into my, or follow you? Is my government name, and the reason why is because I used to have these crazy like social media handles. However, being a tour manager. Um, mm-hmm. I had to be professional so that um, promoters, um, any other individuals that needed to get in contact with me uh, who wanted to book the artist, they needed to be able to find okay. me. And an easy way to find me would be through my 
government name. So that's why everyone knows my government name, <laughs> which is absolutely fine. I don't have no warrants. I don't have no, you know, records out there. So I'm fine. So my social media is my first name, which is Steven with a PH and my last name. My last name is C as in Charles, U like umbrella, two Fs like fantastic, E as in Edgar, L as in Larry, D uh-huh. as in David. That is my social... Right. As in, exactly. I don't mind. Um, that's another <laughs> funny story. I used to actually have, when I was a baby, my mother bought me uh, Jimmy Walker, Good Times, Dynamite Doll, that when you pulled the string, it said Dynamite on it. I swear to God, that's a true story. And I have a picture, if you don't believe me. Um, so... I believe you. I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. So, so say your social so media one more time. So it's Stephen Cuffield. So on uh, Instagram, it's Stephen oh, underscore Cuffield. And on Facebook, it is Stephen Michael Cuffield. Cuffield, yes. Cuffield, Cuffield. Absolutely, yeah. Lady V triple eight, you know. I see you over there. I see. I'm working it, I'm working it. All right. Well, I am so well, you know, that's our show for today. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, everybody, if you have anything, you can follow me on <clears throat> uh, Instagram. On my IG is lady underscore V, uh, lady underscore V triple eight. And if you have any feedback for me, please send me an uh, email. I am at amazonladyv at gmail.com. Uh, we publish every Sunday, so please come back next Sunday and see who our next our next guest will be. All right. Well, thank you so much Take for care. tuning in. Bye bye, everybody. See you. Oh, you're so welcome. All right, thank bye, Stephen. So thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate right, you bye-bye. coming on. Thank you so much.